0: Welcome to Drone Business Talk, the show where we discuss the business of unmanned aviation. Find out about the latest drone applications and trends as we talk to drone company CEOs, business owners, pilots, and thought leaders to reveal the status of the drone industry.
1: Welcome to episode 25 of Drone Business Talk. We're back with our series on the pioneers of the drone industry, and joining us today is Patrick Som, the founder of Avi in the Netherlands. Welcome Patrick. How are you doing?
0: Doing good. Great. Uh, thanks. Uh, thanks for the invitation and uh, great to be here.
1: All right. You're very, very, very welcome. Uh, Patrick, could you maybe start by introducing yourself and the company a little bit?
0: Sure. Uh, so my name is Patrick. Uh, I am the founder of AV. Um, AV is a, uh, a drone company, a drone for good company, actually. So that means that we build drones um, for a positive impact and mainly for life saving applications. And, the um, it's not just uh, the conventional drone that we develop uh, it's more of a combination of a drone a helicopter and an airplane all in one um, so really focus on very urgent operations uh, meaning that uh, what we do is that we support um, emergency response services like the fire brigade search and rescue operators uh, uh, police ambulance services etc cetera, etc cetera, with uh yeah with with their applications and that way we are able to transport medicines for during wildfires natural disasters earthquakes anything you can imagine where urgent help is required is what we do
1: all right that's very cool why did you why did you choose that specific niche um the emergency response and the the drones for good
0: well you know uh, first of all um Like a drone on itself is just a a, a tool, right? Uh, And it's really about the application that you use it for. So um, I mean, the tool is cool. Uh, uh, And uh, if you look at it from that perspective, I've always been a a little kid that just likes everything that flies. Uh, uh, Doesn't matter the size. I'm I'm happy uh, with the whole aviation uh, thing. But I also want to make sure that we do something which is right, that that the society or the planet, uh, can benefit from and this is actually um where these things come together because in if you really want to make an impact uh, on people then the sky offers so much opportunity because it's it, it's it's almost empty uh it offers a great uh, a way of directly connecting without natural barriers uh, without traffic jams uh, without anything you can just fly there in a straight line and and, and be of help and whether it's about a person in need, uh, uh, in uh, after an incident, or uh, a hiker in the mountains, or uh, someone in Africa that requires urgent medical medical help, that doesn't matter. The, the sky offers an opportunity. So, when when uh, years ago uh, we saw how big the potential of the sky was and how hard the, uh, it currently. Uh, or at that time was to support with a very conservative uh, aviation market. We just saw, okay, this is where we need to jump in and uh, and make something. And at that time, the, the the conventional drones, they couldn't do the work because they fly 20, 30 minutes and can fly maybe a kilometer far in range. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, you have the large aviation, the helicopters and the airplanes, but they're way too expensive. And uh, so they uh, cannot help. So in between, there was nothing. And that's where we focused on.
1: Yeah, I think the the aviation industry and just the, the sky in general has missed a lot of innovation the last couple of years before before drones were invented or invented. Well, they've been a, around for a long time, um, but it it really was an innovation that was needed um, to further develop what we can do in the sky for sure.
0: Definitely, definitely. And yeah, I think I mean, the, the fact that the whole uh, um, airplane industry or civil airplane industry is, you know, mainly uh, determined by two large corporations is, 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 is weird, you know, that that really blocks uh, uh, innovation. And uh, in hindsight, everything is explainable. And of course, due to safety and certification, things are very strict. But also, it's a pity because there's so much uh, opportunity and chances, and and there's also a lot of impact that need to be made. You know, the the unsustainability of the aviation industry is something that that we, we, we that everyone needs to change. But uh, yeah, then we should uh, open up for avi- uh, innovation.
1: Yeah, and for for opening up, um, what do you think we need to to open everything up?
0: I, th- I think first of all, it's a it's a mindset. Um, so that means that uh you you have to be willing to be a bit more bold uh, in decision making in leadership and you you see that a lot in startups and scale ups but you see that very little in large corporations um i, I think also the fact that uh in well you know uh, cost is a, is a, is a big thing if you if you look at the uh, the uh incident happening or that happened with the 787 max um and you go really you dive into it and you look at what actually happened there uh, at some point you could draw the conclusion that the the design that was chosen for this iteration wasn't the right design and that uh, iteration on iteration on iteration it just became too complex um it would have been way better if they would have come up with a whole new aircraft design But that requires uh, a step out of your comfort zone and also from a financial point of view, it requires a a jump into the deep. And this is something that you don't see anymore in the aviation industry. Luckily, from the drone industry, uh, this is coming in now and as drones are becoming uh, larger in size, mass and volume. I think at some point the aviation industry and the drone industry will uh, uh, collide, uh, will at some point come together, and hopefully that's also where the innovation uh, then will uh, thrive.
1: Yeah, I think I think innovation is, is definitely, it's is, is a very interesting thing to look at because um, Tom, uh, the CEO and one of the founders of, of Hydronek pointed out like yesterday morning in, in in the meeting, when we had it about innovation, when we were talking about innovation, that, for example, when NASA was trying to develop their pen to write in space, it was like a multi-million-dollar pen because they couldn't figure out how to use a pen in space. And then beneath that, you have a picture of the Russian pen that works in, in space and it's a pencil yeah. because if, and that works just fine. <laughs> so I think with that mindset, it's, it's very important to, to look outside of the box and to make those bold decisions.
0: Exactly, exactly. Yeah um could you
1: maybe tell me a bit more um what what is the process when someone starts working together with av or with av um, like let's say that i'm the head of a fire department in france and i want to start working together with you how does that work
0: yeah yeah so uh if you want to work together with av uh, um, after reaching out to us we are together gonna explore the the, the applications and uh, you know what we have always seen is that talking about drones uh, that's always the easy part everyone loves drones uh, uh, it's something that uh, you know sparks the imagination uh, but the next step is uh, trying to find out okay but does it actually make sense um do our drones the best solution in this use case and if so uh, is it technology that we supply because maybe there is a way better solution and then of course we will uh, um also give that back and say maybe this is uh, uh, something that you should uh, first uh, look, look to. If, if though we see that there is um, a really interesting use case, uh, then uh, together we're going to explore, so what is required to be able to fly there? Do, do, are there uh, end users? Uh, uh, are there other parties that maybe could use the same um, uh, drone network or service if it's there? Uh, do we require uh, what type of airspace is it what type of ground space is it Uh, do then we together going to do risk uh, um, calculations and so on and then um, i mean we are not in the at least it's not our um, uh, perception or perspective we are not in a system where we just build technology and sell it and then it's a good luck Uh, we are in the current stage of this long-range bv loss drone ecosystem it's really about forming partnerships and together exploring what is feasible and and, and rolling rolling it out and that means that uh, we will do everything um uh that we can to really try to find out what you actually need and maybe you don't even know yourself so we will talk again with the end users and do interviews with them and if we know uh and we have a proper view on what's required. We are gonna customize our technology uh, uh, towards that. Uh, we're gonna train all the people, we're gonna file for applications together, and then we can start rolling out a drone response network in that area.
1: And and how does that work internally in in the company? Because we, before the interview you told me that most of the people that work at AV are, are engineers. Are they the one that are doing the, the research on the ground as well? Or do you have specialized people for that?
0: We do have a specialized team for that, uh, including industrial de- uh, designers and uh, market researchers that really try to find out what is happening. And uh, it actually has been quite often that we get a request from a customer. Um, we're working on that and then suddenly when we're really diving into it with a lot of interviews, we find out that actually there's a whole other need that hasn't been discussed uh, uh, at the time. And then. Uh, you know we have to well reshape the whole the whole concept so uh, th- that's how we work there usually um and then also um uh, part of that is that uh, you know we have uh, people in the team that are uh, um, well let's say we, ha- we have a team uh, fl- our flight operations team is how we call that and this team is dedicated in uh, in making sure that we can operate ourselves as well. So whenever there is a client from us that likes to operate and they don't have the right permits yet, um, they can fly already under our flag with our pilots and flight operators and slowly yes. train them and hand it over to them. That's a bit how it works, yeah.
1: All right, that's very cool. Um, I'm I'm, gonna like throw in another quote there because it's very, it's, it's a very important point. Um, but definitely when you're doing business in this new sector is people, don't understand their own problems. You have to really look into their problems um, and and figure it out for them. And it's a it's a quote by Henry Ford that said, "If I had asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses, yes. and then the car would never been." So you you have to be beyond that that first problem. And <clears throat> in the aviation industry, and it's just it's not only only in the aviation industry. It's just every time you you come across something definitely we do that internally is we ask why five times like why is it have, okay why did that happen and then then you come to the root the root uh, cause of something
0: exactly exactly
1: yeah
0: um, you say in this industry maybe in the in the in the medical deliveries that we do that if you would have asked people what they really want they would say well more more ambulances uh, uh yeah. or more ambulances located in remote areas or more hospitals but if you don't have to have more ambulances, don't have to build more hospitals, but you just have one AV aircraft per every uh, hundred kilometers, that that is way more cost effective and and has a better reach. So yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Um, so AV, definitely, um, you're definitely one of the pioneers within the beyond visual line of sight operations, um, and in delivering a whole ecosystem um, as a solution. How was that when you first got started compared to how it is now? Because I can imagine that regulatory wise, it has quite its ups and downs, um, being one of the pioneers in in DD loss flights.
0: Of course, of course, and it still still has. Um, I mean, when when you start a company in general, uh, there's uh, a couple of fundamental pillars that you need to overcome first of all of course you need uh, a market that's interested uh uh, you need uh, a product you need to find the right product market fit you need to uh, make sure that there's a business case uh, etc etc but in 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 this ecosystem there was an extra one that was regulation where the regulation was maybe the most challenging one because at the, the when we started there was no regulation which was on one hand a good thing because everything was possible and it was just cowboying but on the other hand it was also something that we didn't want to do because uh, uh, you know we 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 prefer a regulated landscape because uh, uh, that makes it more scalable it makes it safer it makes it more reliable uh, at at a point, the regulation came in and then nothing was possible anymore. And then it took years and years to, together with the civil aviation authorities of many countries that we work in and with, together try to shape a new regulatory landscape that, that, that is safe and that's reliable, but it also embraces innovation and um and that definitely uh uh, took a lot of energy uh and maybe well not maybe by far the majority of my time um but it was also very important and i think that if you look at beyond visual line of sight flights now um first of all you need to know how to assess risks Uh, you need the proper technology you need experience um not just in flying the technology, but also in your own organization. How do you assess risks? How do you um, uh, what what is your approach and perspective on safety in general? Uh, how do you organize yourselves uh, as a company? What is the internal culture? There's so many things that uh, that's come together there. Uh, and that means that the last four or five years, we also had to grow up from a couple of guys just making cool technology into becoming a professional organization that is required, uh, to fly, uh, uh this, uh, technology, uh, in, in the application we do. All
1: right. What, what was the turning point then? Because now, now you're talking about a couple of guys and then earlier you said uh, that you're about 50 people right now. Um so when when was that pivot that that really started your growth or was it like a very uh, sustainable or not sustainable but very calm growth
0: mm, well, it wasn't calm at all uh, and <laughs> um, no it has really been a, a roller coaster ride and um but well, one of my favorite quotes is um uh, building the plane while flying it uh, and that's literally what we have been doing um, Of course, uh, uh, you know when we fly, we do that on on, on test uh, areas, so always in confined airspaces. But we we then iterate all the time. Instead of as the big companies, Boeing and Airbus can do, uh, you come up with the design, uh, you uh, uh, test it thoroughly uh, in computer simulations, and then after years and years of development, you build it, and then you fly it for the first time. We try to come up with a design, fly it the same day, uh, uh, you know, just make it prototype and then iterate uh, uh, from there and see does it work or not, because that works uh, way faster um, uh, and is better suitable for us. So that's something uh, how we needed to uh, learn how how are we gonna approach these situations. And within the company, we had uh, quite a lot of really fast um, uh, growths, so to speak. Um, One was of course in the, the product development, where in the beginning, when there wasn't a proper regulation in Europe, we went to Africa, in some countries where it was uh, easier to fly, simply because uh, we were flying in areas with very uh, low density populated uh, uh, zones. Um, Then when the European regulation came in, we could also uh, focus more on the the European area. Um, And from there, we're uh, slowly moving towards uh, uh, the rest of the world. Uh, now, of course, we also uh, need uh, one of the, our current challenges is that uh, we need to be able to scale up production and uh, um, going from one aircraft uh, uh, every month to an aircraft a day. Um, and all these uh, things require a different organizational mindset again. So, yeah, it, 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 it has been a, um, a crazy ride and it will be for the next couple of years, but it's also the, the adventure of it, right?
1: So, yeah absolutely we we wouldn't be in in a new industry if, if we didn't like the thrill of it um but what i was wondering um definitely with these with these smaller yeah manufacturers because you're definitely not just a manufacturer um but how do you plan on on scaling up um because is it because the the like competitors or ones that look a lot like av that i know from belgium that are a lot smaller they cannot get past the limit of developing a drone building it hand by hand in their lab and then they have like one drone a month how do you how do you scale up something like that without of course revealing your company secrets uh-huh. but how 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 would you do that
0: i think there's a couple of uh, things i i I mean, it all starts with a um, vision and an ambition. And I think from the moment we started, we had a a very big ambition because we wanted to make global impact. We wanted to change the aviation industry. Uh, And because of that, it was always very clear where we wanted to head towards. Now, um, if that is clear, um, and uh, as we are, a drone for good company focused on making so- social impact um everyone within the team is extremely driven to contribute then then you have the right energy from there uh, i think there's some strategic points of view that we that we use i think one of them is that uh, you should always plan but never uh uh, uh be too stuck to the plan so that means that you should always think ahead. Okay, what, uh, where are we going to be in three months from now? Where are we going to be in nine months from now? Where we, where are we going to be in three years from now, uh, or even ten years from now? Uh, and 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 try to think that through and make a plan, but don't stick to it, or not necessarily stick to it. Of course, you should stick to your vision and ambition and to your core values, uh, maybe some strategic principles, but you should also be very flexible in being able to pivot uh, uh, a little if that's required uh, from a market point of view or technology point of view and uh, that requires an extreme flexibility within the company's culture but also within uh, everyone's personality within the team and that of course is not always easy because that might require a designer that has been working on a certain design for months and months uh, day and night needing to you know throw everything overboard and start over again with a bit different concept because we think that that is better fitting at that time um but because of that flexibility and that drive um you maybe make small pivots a hundred times but then you create a some sort of um evolution process almost where you have a lot of mutation uh, the selection is the part where it best fits with the market and then from there you can grow
1: Yeah, that's a lot of a lot of very wise words. Um to 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 talk about something a little bit more different. Um when when COVID started, um for us as a software company that was amazing because that well the whole COVID thing was absolutely not amazing, but it leveled the playing field for us, right? Um we could all of a sudden compete with competitors who had millions and millions of funding because everybody was reduced to an online meeting right um, i can imagine that with a company like yours that hasn't really been a benefit or has it how how did it affect the the business for av
0: well i think that um when it all started uh, i mean the biggest downside uh, uh, started really fast after the first lockdown because we had to we, we did a lot of projects abroad um in many african countries uh, and in other european countries and we had to put them all on pause uh, so we had to hold all the projects and get the people back um and it took a while uh quite a long while be- before we were able to continue these uh these projects at that time we had to um uh, well change our perspective a bit okay but what we're gonna do now and then we focused a lot on r d um and that became uh at that moment, it was of course something uh, that was hard because we wanted to, with the product that we had at that time, just go out and and, and test and spread, uh, you know, spread our wings. Um, but we had to go back to the drawing table, uh, and that's what we did. But I think ultimately it it, it worked out really well. Uh, uh, out of two things, first of all, we we just had enough time before COVID to see what the disadvantages of uh, uh, the not only our product but all the Uh, uh, drones in the system uh, or in the world, uh, you know, where the challenges lie. Um, So we could really focus on trying to make it better. One of them is if you want to have a a proper uh, drone response network, you need to be able to fly in almost any condition, Uh, meaning a day at night in 95% of all weather conditions, uh, you need to be able to fly uh, and support. And that requires a real next step in technology, uh, becoming more windproof, waterproof, uh, um, temperature, uh, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, if you want to rule out a, a global drone response network, you have to be able to fly in different sets of regulation. You need to uh, be able to fly in super densely used uh, air uh, uh, airspace with a lot of airports around or in, uh, in countries where there is almost no aircraft, but also no experience with aircraft. And all these lessons we could use to, um, well, make a next step uh, uh, within our product so that we, after two years of COVID and uh, really going back to the drawing table, starting everything over from scratch, we, uh, at the end of last year, came out with our uh, new product uh, that was really uh, suited for these applications. And uh, uh, so, yeah, and I think that worked out well. And, and, And maybe one last thing is that what also really defines avi i think is that when we started as av um, my entrepreneurial hope let's say that way was that um you know there would be a lot of components off the shelf available that we could just assemble them and make a nice aircraft soon we found uh there wasn't first of all because many of the components um uh, that were available were really hobby grade from China, uh, bad uh, uh, um, uh, reliability or quality, um, and if you wanted something with a better quality, then you needed to look into aviation components, but they're way too bulky, too big, and way too expensive, so there wasn't really anything in between. Um, and second, because what we make with our aircraft having a wingspan of almost 3 meters, we require components that were not really uh, available uh, that easy. So we had to almost make every part of the aircraft ourselves. And that's why we chose to, well, then make it a strategy to, to vertically integrate almost all the components. And because of that, and the fact that with COVID, we had two years of ex- extra development time, um, we could uh, make sure that we uh, have full control over all the parts in our aircraft. So we almost use uh, no of the shelf components anymore. And because of that, we can uh, uh, have a, a way better performance than other um, uh, drone uh, uh, manufacturers. Um, we know exactly how we can uh, uh, how the system works, so it's easier for us to file for new regulations uh, because we're not dependent on others. And because we make everything ourselves, it's also easier for us to work with uh, well the chip crisis that the world currently sees, where it's really hard to order right chips. And we are way less dependent on that because we make everything ourselves
1: and yeah all right um i had a very important all right yeah um i think definitely like congrats to 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 your team because um it's it's amazing that you can create such a big team that is so flexible to shift everything from one side to another to back to another and that that, that can deal with that um what is what is one of the of the projects that you're most proud of and what what has been one of the one of the most difficult projects to to complete
0: Hmm. um i think one of the projects that i'm really proud of is that we were able uh, well from a technology point of view that we were able to get to that point where we have a product that is uh, just really well fitted with the market needs. And this is something, again, uh, I see a lot of other entrepreneurs that struggle with this. Maybe they come up with amazing technology Mm -hmm. that they are super proud of, but the customers don't uh, uh, want it in the end or don't need it. And I think with now what we have, uh, with the whole autonomous network and the drone station, um, we're just getting back all the time from customers how well it fits and suits their application. So that makes me, as an entrepreneur, uh, uh, really proud. if I hear about applications uh, where in Africa uh, you know, uh, women that give birth require really urgent blood uh, and our technology is able to help, uh, that makes me uh, really proud, uh, of course. So the, the fact that we go here every day um, in the morning, knowing that it, we're going to work with great uh, 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 people, but also that every day when I go home, i feel hey but we're actually contributing uh, to the world i think that's something that's super uh, valuable and, and uh, really makes me uh, happy and grateful i think um something that is uh, that was really hard uh, is uh, i think well maybe the 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 fact that everything is so unclear uh, regarding the, the the, the evolving of this whole uh, uh, ecosystem. If you, um, for example, one of the, the big challenges, not just for us, but for everyone, is being able to fly beyond visual line of sight, so long range flights in uh, uh, unsegregated airspace. Then this is where the, 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 the conventional aviation industry and the drone industry comes together. Uh, how are we gonna solve that problem? And regulators don't know exactly uh, um, we don't know exactly. there's many different uh, 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 ways of working. things go very slow because people don't want to take a risk, obviously. Uh, and then and everyone's very dependent on each other. and that can sometimes be very frustrating uh, because you want to go fast because you want to make an impact, but you know uh, uh, every time it's one step forward, one step back and, trying to slowly get towards the point of where things become more clear. And now we know what was required to fly beyond visual line of sight because we have the permits to do so, whereas three, four years ago, uh, everyone said, well, we don't know if you're ever going to get a permit to fly beyond a visual line of sight. So I know that there will be a point where it's going to be super straightforward uh, what is required to fly uh, um, in unsegregated airspace together with all the other airspace users, but what the actual uh, you know a path is going to look like
1: who knows uh yeah absolutely um who knows yeah i think we uh, we as as i connect, we um we we build utm and ussp um solutions as well and and end of next month we're gonna do some very interesting proof of concepts where we will yeah have test flights with um low flying drones like phantoms combined with um um fixed wing drones from from another drone operator combined with ulm's combined with helicopters all operating in the same airspace so that, that will be will cool. be very very interesting nice um so but um that, that's all i can say about it right now cool um what do you what do you think like will your be results. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah definitely um what do you think um It's obviously a guess, but what do you think the future will look like for AV in, let's say, five years?
0: I would say that in five years from now, um, we um, have rolled out these drone response networks in uh, the majority of uh, Western Europe um, and in uh, parts of Africa uh, and South America uh, and maybe India. I would say that in these countries that together with operators um, we work uh, and with the uh, uh, sub-governmental parties, we just have a, a network in place that uh, within uh, you know a certain radius is able to help out and that we can make an impact on uh, on a daily basis. Um, I hope that at that time we are also an employer that people are really proud uh, uh, of to work with i hope that at that time the general public so just people living in these countries have accepted drones uh, especially the, the the response drones as the new modality as a new common uh, service that is there to help and that they aren't afraid of any downsides that they also have to trust in the fact that, that it's operated in the right way um and that we have uh, as a whole ecosystem, together with all the other drone manufacturers, have come to a point where we uh, we can be uh, really proud of the reliability and the safety of the technology um, and the innovation that's still happening so that we can prove to the Boeings and the Airbus and all the other uh, mm-hmm. aviation manufacturers that it is possible to build something extremely reliable in a super innovative way.
1: Absolutely. Um... And i think one one of the key factors is that um yeah or what am i or what i am looking really forward to is to to having a more open system where where everybody is less inside of their their own box Mm -hmm. not or refusing to to cooperate with other people um which has been changing definitely for the last year and a half yeah um but it's it's gonna be nice to see that changing further and further in the future and I think that was, that was all the questions that I had. Is there anything that you want to talk about or, um, or that you want to make promotion for?
0: Um, let me think about it. Well, no, uh, I think it's really cool. I mean, the interesting thing is also what you're focusing on with Igenic. Um You know, th- there is, uh, that's, that's also a, a mindset of thinking, okay, when this system is gonna evolve and things are becoming bigger, what is required to set up something that is scalable, uh, something that has a proper workflow. And this is also something that's really important. So maybe for all the others that are going to listen to the podcast, uh, you know, it is good to think through what are things that you currently don't focus on, but that will be very important in three uh, to five years from now. And are there other parties that focus on that? Or is this still a big blind spot uh, in, in the industry? And maybe uh, this will spark some thoughts with the other entrepreneurial uh, listeners to think, hey, this is something I'll dive into.
1: Definitely. Um, but don't forget that if it is a big blind spot and no one is doing it, ask yourself why nobody is doing it and why it is a blind spot as well.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Always good to question yourself.
1: All right, Patrick, thank you so much uh, for the interview. Um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon.
0: Likewise, thanks a lot. Bye, man. Yes. Bye-bye.